2: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: You are
3: locked on Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
4: Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 493 of Locked On Raptors for, uh, I guess it's Friday when you're going to hear this, or Saturday. I don't know. Friday, April 12th, let's call it that. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team focus shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We've got Locked On NBA. We've got all the... Locked on NFL shows as well. they got the draft coming up next week. I think they're going to be doing a big mock draft episode next week on the Locked on NFL feed. So no shortage of stuff for you to listen to at this very, very busy time on the sports calendar. If there's a series you're interested in, in the NBA that you want to dive in on, find the local podcast. You're going to find no better locally focused uh, experts on each team and make sure if you find a show on the network that you want to support please subscribe rate and review on itunes stitcher spotify google play or wherever else you get your podcast is deeply appreciated when you do so and uh, helps with all the algorithms and rankings and all that good stuff uh all right on today's show we're gonna do a thing that no other podcast has done this week we're gonna preview a playoff series and joining me to preview the Raptors and the Magic. A whole-ass preview, not like the First Impressions one we did on Wednesday with Josh Hal. Uh, it's, jo- it's John Godis from Raptors HQ. What's going on, buddy?
3: Um, uh, Not much. Things are good.
4: That's good. Uh, I'm very ready for it all to start. It feels like we've been, like, just wading through garbage basketball for a month. And uh, the nice little capper of, it, of the bad basketball times was, I guess, like the lottery ping-pong ball game they played today. And now I'm ready for some playoff hoops. It's going to be great. Um, so the Raptors take on the Magic 2-7 series. And we're going to try to do our best to make it seem like this will be an interesting close series and kind of dig in on some deeper stuff uh, that might be interesting between these two teams, sort of the little interesting intricacies and chess match things that you might see over the course of this series – But, I don't know, John, I'm having a hard time drumming up a ton of concern and a ton of, like, real interest in how the Magic are going to go about, like, beating the Raptors because I just don't think they're going to. Are you kind of in the same headspace as me?
3: Yeah, for the most part. I think that it would be kind of foolhardy to pick the Magic in this series. The Raptors just have so much talent, especially as they tighten their rotation. I think this is kind of a scenario where the Magic are playing really well. You know, they've won 21 of 30 games. Uh, They're one of the better defensive teams in the second half of the season, especially over the last month. They got the coach of the month uh, in Steve Clifford. So they're a team that's peaking at the right time, and I think they had to do that to get in the position that they're in. But the top end of their talent is just not enough, I don't think, to really compete with the Raptors at a high level as a series bears out.
4: That being said, uh, it did get a little bit more difficult for the Raptors today. The Raptors announced this afternoon that OG Ananobi is going to be out at least two weeks, two to three weeks. He had an emergency appendectomy, which, first of all, sucks a lot because OG's had a year from hell. Of course, with his father dying earlier in the season, he had the concussion that he was dealing with and some other injuries throughout the year. Um, it's, it's been a hard, hard go, and I feel really bad for OG, and I hope he's okay, and I hope he makes his way back. Um, from the basketball side of things, John, does this alter your prediction, like the number of games you think so, this is going to go or anything like that? And, and sort of how do you think this is the injury is going to you know, fiddle with the Raptors' rotation, which they were kind of settling on coming into the playoffs as they got all their guys back, and then an OG goes out, and it's kind of back in flux.
3: Yeah, I mean, they had kind of nine guys that they could settle on. And I think in the postseason, unless you're – The Houston Rockets of last year, I think that playing eight guys is very tough and probably not something you do until you get to maybe a conference finals or a final scenario where you just want to play your best guys and can ask, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, and uh, Pascal Siakam to play 40 to 42 minutes Mm -hmm. every night. So I think it would have been too early to do that anyway, and that's why having OG... In that 8 spot, Powell, wherever he is, kind of in the rankings there at the end of the rotation. like Those are really solid guys that you can trust to play 18, 20 minutes a night and not give up too much uh, on both ends of the floor. I think both those guys kind of balance their deficiencies in on one side with the opportunities that they have on the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it's kind of a different scenario. Does that affect what I think of this series? I don't think it affects this series that much because when you get to the 8 or 9 guys on the Magic... You're worrying about a Wes Iwundu and a Cam Birch, and maybe a Jerry and Grant. Ooh. Um, Ooh. They're Ooh. just not, guys, that you really worry about, right? Like, yeah. it, it's I mean, not,
4: Michael Carter Williams is in the rotation really... right now. Like, that's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You're right. you're very much on point there. Yeah. sorry, carry on.
3: It's no, it's not great, and that's yeah. kind of just the point I'm making. It's that that the back end of the rotation. These teams are just so different and I think that's a big asset for the Raptors in this series. Um, yeah, I don't think it affects them that much, but if it gets to a second round series, I think the Raptors would definitely miss OG if he's still out at that point.
4: Yeah, OG is kind of a key to unlocking their like really big, small lineups that they haven't used a lot, but like, you oh. know, the the Pascal OG front court has been a thing that I would have liked to see have seen a lot this season. We haven't seen a ton of it. But against, you know, teams deeper in the playoffs, that might be the thing they roll out to try to put another team back on their heels. Um, and maybe, maybe against the Sixers, that wouldn't be a thing anyway. And maybe, you know, OG Wright just is like a guy who plays 10 to 18 minutes as like the backup four. And he's not sort of factoring into any sort of those sort of gimmicky and sort of death lineup-y looks that the Raps might be able to roll out, you know, because of Joel Embiid or whatever. But, um, like, it's, not, it's never bad to have versatility, and OG does kind of allow them a lot of versatility. And I guess in this series, too, with Siakam at the 4, like, he's kind of the only option at the 4 now, unless they're going to sl- slide Kawhi down, I guess, um, which I wouldn't be opposed to either. I think there have been a lot of really good looks with Kawhi and, like, a couple guards, and maybe Danny Green playing the 3, like, that could work really well, too, and maybe it'll be kind of a blessing in disguise to be able to have Kawhi be the backup four as opposed to OG, considering how OG's been kind of up and down this year. But it, there will be, you know, 10 to 18 minutes there that aren't accounted for at the four if you assume Siakam is playing somewhere between 30 and 38, which is what I think he'd probably narrow in on. Um, how do you think they will fill those minutes? Like, do you think we'll see any sh- any surge there? Like, will they go big? Uh, is it just a matter of sliding Kawhi down? Will we see some super-duper small looks with, like, Norm at the four like we've seen in the past? Uh, What do you think we'll see there?
3: Yeah, I think that when the Magic kind of go to their bench, that they can kind of get kind of skinny and smaller, that that would be an opportunity where maybe you could uh, flush Kawhi in with some bench players and run a lineup with him at the four. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good opportunity for that to happen. But it's really good that uh, Nick Nurse started to experiment kind of at the 60-game mark with um, playing Gasol and Ibaka together. Uh, in some bench minutes and in kind of the transition periods in the second and third quarters because that's going to play a factor, I think, in this series. I think that would be your first and safest option to giving uh, Pascal kind of a, a spell at the four spot. So I would expect we do see the kind of two-bigs lineup because in a, in a Vucevic uh, scenario, I think that that can work. Mm-hmm. I think you can make a 4-5 big lineup work against him when he's on the floor.
4: Yeah, and I think you can kind of hide Ibaka on Jonathan Isaac pretty well as well. Like, Isaac's good, but I think he, his value is more on the defensive end at this point. And, you know, he's kind of had a bit of an uptick as a shooter as the season's gone along, but he's still just a 32% three-point shooter. And if he's the one you're allowing to kind of get free and Serge is kind of losing him a little bit on the perimeter, I think you're kind of okay with that. Um, it would become more of an issue if they're running, like, Augustine or Fournier and Isaac screen actions, and then you have, you know, you got to face the conundrum of are you going to switch there or whatever, and maybe you don't want Ibaka in space against a Fournier or Augustine, but I think those are minor concerns, really. And, uh, you know, Pascal's going to be yeah, at the floor most of the about time anyway. The guys
3: you're talking about, too,
4: yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm not particularly like, terrified of any of them.
3: <laughs> exactly.
4: Yeah. Um, so there are some. I guess, numbers that we could kind of go through. Is there, Let's just throw this, I'll throw one at you. Is there a singular stat that you've come across in your, uh, in your research, whether it's an individual player's number, a team-wide number, whatever it is, that has kind of interested you as it pertains to how this series might play out?
3: Well, I think the one, and we're going to get into this a little bit later, the one individually that stands out to me is that you know, Pascal Siakam's really struggled against the uh, against the Orlando Magic in the matchup that they played this year, and yeah. we can kind of get more into that. It was kind of a mix of him just having bad games and the Magic kind of baiting him into tougher shots, kind of presenting some length and all that stuff. You know, these are two teams, though, that are, you know, run really good stuff on offense. They're very determined and kind of set in what they do and place, uh, you know, a definitive style of basketball. Mm-hmm. I think the Raptors have more diversity in their offense. Um but the Magic do present some problems for the Raptors, and we've kind of saw that bear, that bear that out in the regular season matchups. But these are two teams that are going to shoot a lot of threes. Uh, but the Raptors are going to have opportunities to get really good looks, I think, against this team too, because they, the Magic are very focused on collapsing the paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is going to kind of be you know, a scenario where the Raptors have maybe a, little, a few more mid-range looks, have some good looks from three, and they're going to have to knock down some shots.
0: Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On.
4: Yeah, and that's a nice thing. Like I think a lot of teams are going to try to go the Raptors into taking mid-rangers just because that's what most defenses in the playoffs kind of try to funnel offenses towards. But the Raptors, like if there's a team that you're okay with taking mid-range jumpers, it's one that has Serge Ibaka and Marcus Gasol and Kawhi Leonard on it, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so that, that's just kind of – I've been thinking about this a lot. And a graphic that Ian Levy uh, Levy posted earlier today – showing, like, the Raptors' offensive, sort of, the way they skew offensively. And you look up the graphic, it's hard to kind of explain in an audio form, but essentially, the Raptors do (laughs) everything... It's a perfect diamond. Yeah, it's a perfect diamond. Uh, Most teams kind of, you know, lean pretty heavily over to one way or another, whether it's ball movement, shot selection, all this stuff where they're really good. The Raptors are just good at everything, and I think... That is uh, is very much a thing that's going to play out in this series that, yeah, okay, the Magic hone in on one thing that they can stop pretty well. But, oh, there's this, these two other things that the Raptors are really good at that maybe when the Magic try to adjust to stop that, oh, this other thing pops up. It'll be like whack-a-mole for things the Raptors are good at. And I think that's going to be a real problem for Orlando. Um, a number that really stands out to me is – I guess there's a couple. One is sort of the numbers sort of circulating around the areas in which transition kind of crop out of because so i, I like the raptors are incredible in transition we know this they're the best team in the league uh, per possession 1.19 points per possession in transition this season per nba.com uh the magic are also pretty good at defending transition seventh best in the league at 1.07 points per possession allowed and they're also really good at not giving up turnovers there's a number six in turnover percentage this season as well but they do kind of still, I think, are, are they, they're going to give a lot of opportunities to the Raptors to run. A, because they're not a particularly aggressive offensive rebounding team. They're number 22 in offensive rebounding percentage. And they also are one of the worst shooting teams in the league. Of the, all the playoff teams, they have the third worst true shooting percentage. And they were bottom 10 in the league in true shooting. So they miss a lot of shots. And one thing the Raptors love to do is run off a miss. And I just think because the Raptors' defense is so stout... It's going to... And because the Magic's offense is so just sort of ho-hum and not particularly dangerous, like I just feel like the Magic are going to constantly be shooting themselves into having to go back and defend transition. And that's not something you want to do against the Raptors, which is another area and uh, where it just kind of leans and skews Raptors. Um, one thing that's interesting to me is that... Another thing... That's, uh, there's a few things that are interesting, I suppose. But another one that's interesting is that... Um, the Raptors can't really defend pick and roll roll men very well. They're fourth worst at defending those uh, those possessions. One point one eight points per possession allowed to pick and roll roll men. And I, I'm curious to see how the Magic are going to go about using Nick Vucevic offensively in this series. Obviously, he kind of does everything for them. He pops up for threes. He rolls. He posts up. He posts up a lot actually. Um, but I kind of think the best way for him to attack the Raps here will be to be as a roll man. And, and I. Don't know how much that's kind of woven into the fabric of what they do. They love to have him sort of run things from the elbows and have him post up, and the Raptors are very good at defending post ups. What, like, I guess all of these numbers are leading to me asking you, John, how are you looking at the Vucevic problem in this series? I think the Raptors are going to deal with it. Um, do you think they'll be equipped to deal with what he poses? I mean, they've had some trouble with the likes of, like, Nikola Jokic, I guess, who is sort of a. Um, like, a more souped-up version of what Vooch is? I, I don't know. Are you concerned about what Vooch might be able to do um, to the Raptors as sort of the hub of Orlando's offense?
3: Yeah, well, a, a couple weeks ago, I think I commented while the Warriors were beating up on somebody, and I forget. But the one team that, that is as big, you know, physically as the Warriors are of the top five teams in the NBA are the Raptors. And that's yeah. just, you know, there's no stats to back that up. But, I mean, they're just, like, monstrous when they're on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of where they... Connect Vucevic, especially post uh, Marcus trade. If they have a favorable matchup, like we mentioned earlier, that would allow them to play Serge Ibaka at the four, then you can kind of collapse a little bit. You know, you have guys on the floor at all times that are large at their positions, can kind of affect passes, get into the lanes. Again, these are two teams that collapse the paint very well on defense. Um, it's just a scenario where I think the bigger the Raptors get, the better they're going to guard against Vucevic. And we've seen that. Uh, they've gotten progressively better at doing that as the season has gone on, and they've gotten bigger. I think early in the year they weren't giving Valanciunas as much opportunity to guard Vucevic. It was a lot of a I don't think that matchup was very good for them. And then later in the year it slowly came around where in that last matchup, the 121-109 game from April 1st, they played him quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a result, I think, of the team becoming bigger. Uh, Gasol's a good matchup, except for when Vucevic, he could probably pick and pop a little bit better against Gasol, as but he does present a really strong post defense mm-hmm. but again the Raptors are very active on defense and I think that one outlying thing that we've seen over the last two weeks of play is that when the Raptors are engaged and moving and are on a string defensively they might be the best defensive team in the league and Vucevic would not present that much of a problem even in kind of a one-on-one pick and roll scenario because the Raptors can collapse and mm-hmm. create a scenario where they're just putting a lot of bodies and a lot of arms in front of them
4: yeah, I think Gasol today in his press conference said something to the to the uh, effect of, like, the Raptors kind of get stops on demand whenever they feel like it on defense, which kind of feels like it's true. Uh, that that Orlando game, the last one of the season, the one that kind of, I think, matters the most when you're looking at the matchup, um, that one was, like, smothering. Like, the, the Magic started off really well. They had a nice first half, and then the Raptors were like, okay— halfway through the second quarter we're just not going to allow any more points and they didn't and they kind of just turned it on at the at the flip of a switch and I guess that's kind of what you're banking on them being able to do in the playoffs and I guess the other thing too with Vooch and how he works within Orlando's offense is yes he's like very very good but because he you know runs the offense essentially inside out, and because no one around him is a particularly dead-eye shooter or even a really great off-the-ball guy who can make a play on a swing and, and sort of you know keep the defense rotating and moving and always guessing, like, DJ Augustine's the best three-point shooter of the starters at 42%. Great. Good, good on you, DJ Augustine. I'm not scared of DJ Augustine whatsoever. Uh, and then no. it's like Evan Fournier, 34%. Aaron Gordon, 35%. The margin for error and the margin for, like, allowing... Your your defenders to really key in on Vooch and sort of give up that extra half step that you might want to close out on one of these guys, like you can afford to, you know, leave that margin of error because it's like you're just not going to get burned the way you would against like a Cavs team where you collapse on LeBron and he's throwing it out to five, you know, 42% three point shooters who are all very good and also like bewitched to destroy the Raptors. Um, so I, uh, while I think Vooch is very good. I think that's going to be kind of a a bit of a downfall for the Magic, the fact that they rely on him so much to kind of be the source of everything they do. Um, I also think, like, I don't know. What are you thinking about how Vooch is going to be defensively in the series and how the Raptors are going to approach that? Because, like, it's not like... I keep, like, bringing up Valanchunas when I talk about Vooch in preparation for the series, which I shouldn't be because Vooch is a better player. But he kind of has a similar defensive profile in that he pretty good when he's around the rim. If he gets out in space, it's not exactly the best. And it also he also comes with the caveat that he is like the biggest source of offense for this team. It kind of has to be out there if they have any hope of hope and hell of scoring. And so I like I don't know. Do you think it's going to get to a point where the Raptors kind of pick at that wound enough that it's just so unsustainable? Like they can't take Vuce out, but they can't like, they can't sustain defensively with him in there because he is such a liability?
3: Yeah, I mean, I've given up hope on the Raptors becoming a heavy pick-and-roll team. I just don't think that's in their DNA, so I'm not sure if that's going to be kind of the primary way where you attack, like, a Vucevic. But taking advantage of him in kind of the more creative offensive sets that Nick Nurse likes to run, you know, the off-ball elevator sets, the stuff that kind of gets him involved in screen action, I think the more... That the Raptors play kind of strong side with Marcus Allen and Kyle Lowry working off each other the yeah. more that they're gonna use him as Kind of a decoy on defense kind of going at him uh, And I'll, they might wait a little bit more to that if they see that as strategy like what you mentioned is that You know going at him on the defense vent is one way to take away uh, his energy where he averages 21 points on the other end of the floor, mm-hmm. so you take away a little bit of that coming down the stretch then you're asking other guys and typically it does become basketball in the NBA is just a guard driven game late in games you're asking kind of Terrence Ross to be the hero or DJ Augustine to be the hero and at that point I think you can handle it a little bit better but uh, just going back to your point I think that Vucic is a weapon but they're very straightforward in how they run sets with him and DJ Augustine it's not you know, creative pick and roll kind of guys who are in tune with each other. Like you think of a a Kyrie and an Al Horford where Mm -hmm. they can kind of be creative and work in different ways and, you know, work off the ball. Uh, It's not that kind of, it's very straightforward in what Steve Clifford does run. And like you said, the shooters are not as good off the ball as other teams are. They've made it work, like I said, right at the top. I mean, they've been really good in the last 30 games. But I think that the Raptors are good enough defensively that they can stymie them and get them out of whatever rhythm they're in early in this series, especially playing two games at home right off the bat.
4: Yep, all good points. Uh, We're going to continue on this conversation in just a second. But first, I want to tell everyone about our sponsor for today, and that is WiseCam. Wise is the indoor camera that does it all. Wise is packed with premium features that allows you to see everything from anywhere inside your home for only 20 bucks. 1080p full HD, images so clear you won't miss a thing, night vision and two-way audio, you get it all with Wyze. Wyze's mission is to bring amazing smart home products into every single home and make them accessible for everyone. You can check on your home anytime with Wyze's app's live stream, connect with life as it unfolds in sharp focus, live stream, and eight times digital zoom as well. We get free 14-day rolling cloud storage with Wise as well with no subscriptions. You can go back. If something happened in your house, you're wondering, uh, what what were the kids up to last Tuesday? You can go back 14 days in your cloud storage to check on what's going on in your house. Also, if you want to – you can add as many cameras as you want. It's $20 a camera, right? So you can – if you want to have a camera in your living room, you want to have a camera to watch the baby, you want to have a camera in your garden to watch plants grow through time-lapse, you can do all of that with Wise for just 20 bucks a camera. You want more, they have that too. For just $10 more, Wise Cam Pan gives you 360-degree coverage in under 3 seconds. Life moves fast. Your camera should too. 110 degree per second rotation speed 360 degree horizontal range and a 93 degree vertical range and you can patrol your room as well with pan scan set the camera's patrol route with up to four custom waypoints you can track the action wise pan automatically detects tags and tracks motion within its field of view keeping up with life in real time has never been so easy it works with your smart speakers as well and on any mobile device anywhere in the world you could be on vacation in europe you want to check in on what's going on at home and check in on those plants that are growing in front of your camera you can do that with your mobile phone anywhere and once again, you get free 14-day rolling cloud storage as well. Go to wise.com. that's W-Y-Z-E dot com slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest price on WiseCam.
5: No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and a lope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live.
4: All right, John, let's continue on with our talk about Raptors magic. Um Pascal Siakam, let's dig into him. He's not been very good this season against the Magic. Uh, I believe it's his worst true shooting percentage against any opponent this year. Uh I think the oh, number... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the number... That you cited in your preview for Raptors HQ, which people should read, was thirty eight point two, uh, and just like eight point eight points
3: from fifty nine point one. Yeah,
4: jeez, yeah, uh, not not very good. Um, in what you've seen going back, and just sort of anecdotally thinking about how these matchups have gone. Is it just a matter of Siakam having weird-off games where it doesn't really seem like there's any sort of cause of it? Or is there something the Magic are doing, of maybe a player on the Magic, you know, Jonathan Isaac or whoever, uh, a way that the Raptors, uh, that the Magic have approached Pascal that is sort of making him have all these fits?
3: Well, I mean, the first thought that I have is it's not as bad as the numbers kind of bared out to be. Like, leading with the numbers is a good way to kind of scare people into thinking that the Magic can... <laughs> Uh, take Pascal Siakam out of this series, which uh, at the end of the day, I don't think they can do. Uh, it was a weird mix of, you know, a bad matchup with the fact that Siakam kind of had some bad games. You know, you watch the clips, and there are a lot of the shots that he makes in a regular game, kind of spinning back to his right hand. He gets to do that against the Magic. They're not able to stop that. I don't think anybody in the league is capable of stopping that at this point. It's his best weapon on offense. So he was able to spin back to the right hand. He was just kind of missing some bunnies, missing some easy shots. The one thing that the Magic are able to do is present size to him and present speed at the power forward position. So Mm -hmm. Isaac is obviously the first example. He's a really big player. Uh, When Siakam tries to post him up, I don't think that's an effective way of going at Isaac because Isaac was very good at guarding Siakam on a traditional post-up. But in kind of the creativity side of Pascal Siakam's game, which is really where he's successful, semi-transition, maybe getting the ball in a kick out in the corner uh, where he has some room to start a dribble, I don't think the Magic are that great at guarding him and that they don't present a second line of defense that can really stop him when he gets past the first guy. Mm-hmm. So it does come down to Pascal just kind of making more of the shots that he typically makes, you know, making the three-point shots. The Magic did, it was very obvious in the matchups this year that they were giving him that shot outside of the corners. And he's been really much better coming down the stretch of the season, making a wing three-pointer or even something closer to the top of the key. Uh, so, yeah, it's not as bad as it looks with the numbers. I think that the the primary starting lineup matchup is the worst for him. But any non-traditional ways of offense that he can create, uh, things that are unique to his game, I think will be successful over the long run in this series.
4: Yeah, and also kind of like we talked about, if, Siakam gets shut out of the series, it's not like the Raptors are bereft of second options who could kind of step in and fill that scoring role, right? I mean, you could have Gasol kind of go off against Vucevic if you wanted. You could have Kyle maybe take on a bit more of an offensive load and more of this sort of... uh, previous season Kyle where he's looking for a shot off the dribble a little bit more often like there are ways in which the Raptors can create some offense that doesn't have to revolve like entirely revolve around Pascal Siakam um, which is nice they're very good they have a lot of good players and one matchup lost is not going to lose them the series I don't think Um, I do wonder and maybe we won't see this because it's a first round matchup against the Magic and maybe they want to kind of keep some of those bullets still in the chamber but I wonder, you know, Nick Nurse has talked this season about playing more in sort of a style that puts other teams on their heels as opposed to sort of the Dwayne Casey approach where you kind of just react to what the other team's doing to you and hope that what your reaction is is successful and stops whatever the other team is doing whatever they are doing to you at will. Um, I I wonder if maybe the Raps are going to try to flip it on the magic here and, and sort of say, all right, you got Nick Vucevic and Jonathan Isaac in your front court. Uh, we're going to play Pascal Siakam at center, and you can deal with that. I, I, I mean, it might be tough rebounding-wise, but the small looks have rebounded reasonably well this season. Pascal's a good rebounder. Kawhi is a really good rebounder. Um, if I, I guess there's no OG, so that's a bit of a uh, a loss in terms of the small lineups. But I, I don't know. Could you see them go in Siakam at the 5 to kind of throw the magic for a loop here and just kind of see what happens? Because... I, I don't know. I think you can make an argument that even this series could be used as a bit of an experimentation ground, considering the Raptors should be able to win it pretty easily. Like, if you want to try some stuff out to see if it works, I also it would not be opposed to that either.
3: Yeah, and you can be kind of proactive in using Siakam as a screener in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one that people have talked about being a way to kind of utilize his abilities in a non-traditional way, like I said. Um but yeah, I think the smaller looks would be helpful against the Magic. And you're right, it's it an opportunity for experimentation, and we can see how that would look. I think it's definitely a look they're going to use a lot more if it got to a conference finals against Milwaukee. So the more that they can test it you know, in an ideal world where it takes four weeks to get there, <laughs> uh, you don't want to kind of go dry until it gets to that point. So play it out and see how it goes.
4: I've talked about Vooch being sort of maybe the open wound that the Raptors will pick at uh on the on the magic defense considering everyone else on the defense is pretty stout. Uh if there is an open wound from the Raptors' side of things, do you think the magic are gonna drive at? I mean, th- obviously there's nothing to the degree that like a DeRozan valanchunas defensive pick and roll combination represented. Um but I, I don't know, is there something on the Raptors that you could see the magic really target targeting to try to, you know, just maximize that one weakness or anything like that? Or is there even one on this team to even be worried about?
3: Well, I mean, if we were talking in a pre-trade world, I think offensive rebounding would be one. Yeah. But the chick's numbers don't really suggest that they're that great at that, like he said earlier. I mean, Terrence Ross is the great X-factor. I mean, you love him.
2: Woo-hoo-hoo,
3: great. He could be the great X-factor in this series because you really don't know how good he could be. Um, in bench lineups where maybe he's facing against a Norm Powell, I mean... The Raptors can find one, two, three ways to take him out of a game, but you never know. And, you know, he could get in a groove and have a 40-point game, and it could affect, you know, one game in a series. So that's definitely one where it's hard to predict and maybe one kind of weak spot that the Raptors might have because Ross is the kind of scorer who you can't predict, and if he's playing well, he could go off without with, with having a good defender on him.
4: Mm-hmm. I want to do some rapid-fire things to wrap up the podcast here, John. I have some topics to throw your way. You've seen the topics.
3: (laughs) I have. I'm looking at them right now. There is a rundown,
4: um, but I have a few that I want to throw your way. So first off, if the Raptors are going to uh, lose this series, which player on the team is most likely to be recognized forevermore? as a playoff goat and not the goat as you know in lebron versus mj but the goat the other kind the 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 taylor swift remix kind of goat well i mean the
0: obvious answer is kyle lowry i think that i know
2: not being
3: (laughs) entirely accurate i think if he has a really bad series and the raptors were to lose that probably is not going to happen but he would probably be that guy you don't agree with that
4: i think it's pascal I think really? I think Pascal is going to be fine. I don't really think the Isaac thing scares me all that much. But there are times where Pascal can get a little bit haywire when he's handling the ball and kind of get a little bit too overconfident in what he's able to do or how his handle is. And I, I could see him kind of spilling over a few key turnovers that lead to buckets at the other end that could potentially sway a game. Um I, and also I guess on defense he might be the weakest link defensively which is saying something. <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> because
4: who oh boy, that's a good ass defense. But uh, and he he's like got a case for second team All NBA that some people have made. I don't necessarily agree, but he's definitely got a case for it, and he can defend anybody. Um. So, but like. Him being maybe a little bit inattentive off the ball, maybe, you know, even then, like, is Jonathan Isaac going to kill him all that much? I don't think so. So maybe that's not even a thing. But on offense, I think he can get a little bit, a little out of control. And that could be something that sinks them in a game or two. I don't think it's going to, though. I think they're going to win this series pretty easily. We'll get some predictions at the end. Uh, maybe, next.
3: maybe Ibaka goes one for 12. You never
4: know. He could be the <laughs> Raptors fans are no stranger to uh, players that they come to ra- irrationally hate over the course of a series. I think Mike Scott, Otto Porter, pretty much anyone on the Wizards, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Tony Snell, I think, had himself a couple of, uh, or he had a big series against the Raps back in 2016, too. There, there, there are plenty. Uh, who is the most likely Magic player to become that new irrationally hate guy who kills the Raptors?
3: Michael Carter will no uh, <laughs> probably probably Fournier. I would think probably Fournier. Fournier can kind of be uh, a so- a thorn in your side type of player. But uh, all in all, I mean the Magic are pretty neutral in personality. Uh, <laughs> they don't really stand out to me. Is a they're kind of a system team at this point. So yeah. there's not a lot of you know guys who are really kind of the killers who kind of annoy you. Like there's not going to be a Paul Pierce Wizards thing going on. Yeah, uh, but I would say probably Fournier.
4: Yeah, I don't think, like, Serge is going to punch anybody in this series. He played with a lot of these guys. He's probably close to them anyway. But, I mean, maybe Michael Carter-Williams, but uh, (laughs) could you blame him? Um, Yeah. I would say DJ Augustine because it's inexplicable already that he's the starting point guard on a playoff team and him doing positive things in a playoff series after he was such garbage in his very short stint with the Raptors seven years ago uh would be very very annoying I think he's gonna have a game where he goes like four of six from three and it's gonna be very irritating because he shouldn't be doing that and he's DJ Augustine and he was god-awful um so yeah that's my answer next question there are uh, speaking of DJ Augustine. There are a few revenge games or revenge series going on. Uh, lots of Magic and Raptors uh, sort of swapping of personalities. Of course, Terrence Ross, Serge Ibaka, DJ Augustine, Jody Meeks played like thirty-seven games with the Magic. Uh, I don't know who got picked with the pick they sent in the Terrence Ross trade. That's I'd have to I I, don't, I have no idea. Um, I should probably know that, but I don't. But is there someone? uh in this series you think is going to have a particularly strong revenge series who will have the best revenge series of those four guys
3: um i i actually don't think abaka thinks about the magic do you it's <laughs> <laughs> like he was overweight for half a season and then got traded yeah. um i would go with jody meeks because i don't want to see jeremy lin at all this year god bless him yeah uh, so, in this series, rather. So, I, I'm going to go with Jody Meeks. I hope that he comes in and hits three threes in a game. That would be awesome.
4: Yeah, we didn't really touch on Jody Meeks, he might be the ninth man in the rotation uh, with OG going down. I don't know, you know, how much that'll matter. And I, it might not even be true. It might be Malcolm Miller. It might be Jeremy Lin. It might be somebody else. But I, uh, I think Meeks probably deserves to be there because he's played pretty well. And also because he shoots well. And I think... If there is something that's going to dog the Raptors among their uh, sort of bench dudes, mostly Norman Powell, I suppose, it'll be hitting threes, and uh, maybe Meeks finds himself some minutes that way. I'm going to say it's Terrence Ross, because I hope it is Terrence Ross. It would be great. I would love, like, I don't think Terrence Ross is going to win this series by himself or anything, but if he goes out and wins a game by himself, I will be genuinely happy and thrilled. And uh, so I'm going to root for Terrence Ross have the best revenge series. Uh, most important question, we'll wrap it up here, the rapid-fire round. What jerseys should the Raptors be wearing, and what jerseys should the Magic be wearing uh, in their home and away games? So I guess start with the Raptors.
3: Are the white and golds an option? I wish they would wear those. Why? Like, at what? least for one games. Yeah, I love the, the welcome Raptors, is that it?
4: Welcome Toronto?
3: Yeah. Welcome Toronto, right. They're
4: very bad. I hate those jerseys. <laughs> god
3: I'm a sucker now I've become like I'm slowly reverting to like casual fast status with my jersey takes so I'm like oh cool <laughs> new colors
4: god damn norm-y. gold looks pretty <laughs> um I uh it's a bit of a bummer that there's no potential for the Raptors to be uh the, the Raptors crowd to be decked out in shirts that are the color of the opposing team um still always one of the most hilarious missteps in game ops history and there have been a lot of them with the red shirts and the red Nets jerseys. But, uh, yeah, I think the Raptors' home jerseys should be the red Chevron jerseys because they are incredibly sharp and they look very cool. And so, yeah, I'm very much in on those jerseys. I was not in when I saw the design at first. Uh, I think myself and Katie Heidel talked about this a couple weeks ago. I'm all the way in on those jerseys now. I hope they wear them. Okay. Do you have the, the, (laughs) the road jerseys for the Raptors then?
3: Okay. So the blacks or the reds?
4: I don't know, you pick. What do you want?
3: Oh, I pick. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um I want the I want the I want them to wear the city jerseys. So I want like a slightly off red in road games.
4: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The, the the red chevron jersey. That that's what I want them to wear at home. You want them to yeah, wear those I on the it. road. Okay.
3: I, I want that on the road.
4: Okay. I see what you mean. Uh I think they've only worn both chevron jerseys at home, if I'm not mistaken.
3: The white gold, yeah, and red. Yeah, I think you have to wear the city jerseys at home.
4: That's weird and silly, but uh, yeah, I think on the road, I'm in for the just standard red road jerseys. I don't want any whites. White jerseys suck, and the, colored, the, the colorful jerseys are always way more uh, pleasing to the eye, so when the Magic are playing in Toronto on the road, I want them to wear their blue pinstripe Orlando jerseys, obviously, uh. and I want them to wear those also when they're uh, at home. <laughs> <laughs> because they'll they will offset from the red in both instances. The Raptors should only wear red. Orlando only blue. Crips bloods. That's all. That's all I want in this series. Uh, uh, it's a pretty good jersey matchup, though. It's an aesthetically pleasing one, I think, um, compared yeah. to most. Of, like Bucks and Pistons is kind of blah. So is Sixers and Nets. Even though the jerseys themselves are nice, but the, the contrast is not very good. Uh, actually, I'm gonna go out there and say it: Raptors Magic best jersey matchup in the entire league, contrast-wise in the playoffs. But that's not
3: everyone loves. Everyone loves a red versus blue.
4: It's always good, and any color on color really. Like I hate, like I, I don't like when it's a white jersey versus a color jersey. It just it doesn't really pop to me. But like a nice what I've always really liked is when they go the when, when they play in Brooklyn and Brooklyn wears the blacks and the Raps wear the reds and it like really pops on the court with the feeder lighting and everything it's gonna be something that pops and I think it'll work really well the Raptors reds on Orlando's floor as well so
3: um, yeah Orlando's gym is very bright and not pretty though
4: their floor is cool though and it's alright it's, 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 it's you don't like the I don't know the word for it I don't watch enough HGTV what's the word for that floor
3: I don't have a I don't have strong opinions about floors unless they're like the stadium lighting, like the theater lighting, like the two New York arenas. Everyone looks good in those arenas.
4: Yeah, that's true. Um, Orlando Magic floor, their arena is very bright, isn't it? I still yeah, like their. I, very, I still like the court, like whatever the wood is called on the court, modeled, not modeled. I don't know.
3: This is... I, the uh, I, stadium floor? The, uh, no, the parkade floor?
4: That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I like it. It's good. Anyway.
3: <laughs> I do like the parkade floor. It's bright as hell in there, though. I'm looking at pictures right now. <laughs> yeah,
4: it's uh, it's not pleasing at all. All right, John, we've danced around it long enough. What's your prediction for the series?
3: Oh, I didn't get to do the Magic jerseys.
2: Oh, yeah. What I do wanted
3: you- this I wanted to shit talk their uh, city jerseys with like the shooting star basketball.
2: Hey, those and, like, are
4: sparkly.
3: Cool. <laughs> sparkly sparkles. They should do like uh, the Simpsons on Disney Plus thing on the on the little <laughs> patch. <laughs> uh,
4: what's it's there. that's all?
3: That's all I had. That's that's it.
4: I think it's good jersey. It looks good when Terrence Ross is dunking. It's like space. I like it. Uh, it's it's. Uh, Actually, it's bad. <laughs> Looking at it now, <laughs> it's pretty bad. It looks like something an NHL team would have had in like 2002. Like that. The like... city
3: jerseys overall were very bad. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of shocked. Yeah, I'm not that shocked actually. Nike, yes, Nike's been kind of going off a cliff with the jerseys. To have very
4: sport. bad ideas. Yeah. Um. Anyway, although the way things work is that 20 years from now. This magic jersey will be a collector's item, and people will love it. People will be clamoring for the constellation jersey to come back. Actually, you know what? So, I'm, I'm kind of selling my. It looks actually good with the Disney logo on it. Like without the Disney logo, I think it would look stupider. But it actually looks great. I'm yeah. I'm back in on it. The
3: Disney logo is <laughs> one of the better logos. What is? What's the Oklahoma City Thunder one? It's like a loves, grocery store, and it's like
4: loves truck <laughs> yeah, stops. Love yeah. <laughs>
3: Truly, truly terrible. They couldn't have picked like just the 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 can or whatever. Just pick something with a white yeah font.
4: Yeah, it I uh had to be the
3: yellow grocery store.
4: Yeah. Oh, I think I've eaten a sandwich from a loves before. Don't do that. <laughs> it's uh yeah. On my way to take day, that Russell Westbrook. On my I think on my way to Daytona Beach, I got a loves sandwich. It was one of the worst things I've ever had in my entire life. Uh anyway
3: grocery store sandwiches are always a bad idea they seem like a good idea at the time
4: yeah I think uh, the secret is I think the secret is uh, well the secrets don't get one but maybe toast yeah, it afterwards no and add your own ingredients to it like
3: so go go to the deli
4: yeah uh, or like maybe, yeah.
3: Buy, buy the things for a sandwich yeah do probably, the yeah. minute and 30 seconds of effort to assemble your sandwich
4: that's probably the way to do it uh yeah. alright predictions John I gave a prediction on uh Wednesday, when we had our podcast just after the matchups were uh, set in stone, I picked the Raptors sweep. Uh, I don't think I've changed my mind on that. I think the Raptors are going to sweep this series. I don't think the Magic have the firepower to keep up. Uh, Where are you at, though? Uh,
3: I'm a very boring Raptors in five, but I'm a very exciting uh, proponent of the douchebag sweep. I think they're going to lose tomorrow and then win out.
4: (laughs) Uh I do not think they're going to lose tomorrow. I don't think they're going to lose at all. I I just... I don't know. Maybe it's... It feels weird to be confident about a Raptors first round series. That's for sure. But I just... Like... I can't get juiced up for the Magic. I really can't. I just don't think it's going to be close. I think the Magic are nice. They're a fun story. Vooch is going to be an absolute defensive liability while also being the only source of their offense. Which is not a good combination. But uh yeah uh, whatever uh, maybe i'll be proven wrong probably will be proven wrong uh, cuz you know although i will say no one ever picks sweeps so i'm kind of glad to be part of the brotherhood of people who have picked picked a sweep in a series before cuz it never ever happens cuz people are cowards and uh, i'm glad to know that i'm not a coward i guess is what i I'm would saying. like
3: to chip in and say that i am not a coward uh <laughs> and i picked the bucks in for the Bucks are going to win at four. Okay,
4: that's an easy sweep to pick. <laughs>
3: that's, that's slightly less cowardly because I did pick a sweep. It's just the easiest sweep to pick. Oh, the Bucks are going to sweep the Dwayne the Casey coach now, team? So <laughs> this might be the easiest path to the finals the Raptors have ever had.
4: Actually, yeah. I, uh, I don't want Joel Embiid to be hurt. That's bad. But that, if it means but, the Nets win, I can make my peace with it.
3: But I also don't want to play those three guys because they all annoy me then beat Butler and Simmons and they're just they're just so awful to watch in the playoffs because there's so much whining
4: the game of zones was great have you seen the game of zones yet no I haven't yet oh it's fantastic anyway uh, that's gonna do it I think we've covered the series pretty extensively as have uh, no other podcasts out there at all so thank you for your patronage thank you for joining me John It it was great to talk to you Everyone read John's preview at Raptors HQ. Do you have anything else you'd like to plug? Anything else coming down the pipe slash pike? I still don't know what the proper word for that is.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know either. Um, the preview on Raptors HQ, the post-game coverage, games three and four on the road. Uh, the Raptors 9 and 5 are no longer playing, so I don't have that anymore, but most of them are on the team. So maybe I'll have some insights if, like, Well, knock on wood. Nobody else is going to get hurt on the Raptors, so Chris Boucher will not play. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's uh, game coverage and stuff, and hopefully the Raptors win and keep it going here.
4: Awesome. Uh, I will be at Game 1 tomorrow with Daniel Reynolds. He's going to have the longer sort of second-day recap. I'll have the quick recap after the game tomorrow. And uh, if you want to, before Game 1 happens, relive all of the sadness of the last five years – I wrote uh, two very long posts for Raptors HQ over the last couple days, ranking every playoff game the Raps have played since 2014 by how much they sucked. And uh, the second part is a depressing sojourn through some very, very dumb and bad games. So please check that out. It's a very good sell job I just put on that too. Um, So thanks everyone. sounded great. Yeah, thanks everyone who's read it and uh, passed along nice words or morose words. It's all been very appreciated. And, uh, yeah, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. And Himalaya, it's a new podcast app, great for personalizing your own curated podcast playlists. We have a partnership with them at the Lockdown Podcast Network, and they're great. So download Himalaya if you're in the market for a new podcast app. And that's going to do it. We'll be back again probably on Sunday because I'm on quick recap duty. Probably no post-game podcast from the arena Saturday, but I believe we're going to have Vivek on on Sunday to break down game one in its entirety. So stay tuned for that. And uh, that's going to do it. Thank you so much. We will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors.
2: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email
3: at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
5: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.
3: Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
2: Hey Prime members, you can listen
0: to this locked-on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.